It's Monday, August 23rd. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. The evacuations of Americans and Afghans continues in Kabul as the situation in Afghanistan remains tense. To help with the effort, the Pentagon has enlisted the help of commercial airlines to help transport people from other temporary bases. In the meantime, new polls show that President Biden's approval ratings have dipped below 50%, and our allies around the world have also expressed disapproval of what is happening. Ginger Gibson, Deputy Washington Digital Editor at NBC News, joins us for more fallout from Afghanistan and how it might impact Biden's domestic agenda as he receives criticism from both Republicans and Democrats. Next, people with dissociative identity disorder have taken their lives to YouTube and the community has tons of fans. Formerly known as multiple personality disorder, people with DID are sharing what it's like to live with the condition as well as letting their alternative personalities or alters come forward to be seen and answer questions. Experts in the field who treat those with DID have expressed concern about putting their lives on YouTube, but those with DID have found community and support by sharing their stories. Lizzie Feidelson, contributor at New York Magazine, joins us for a look at Win, a YouTube content creator with DID. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. Our military facilitated another 35 charter flights, carrying an additional 4,000 evacuees to other countries that are taking that are taking them out. Altogether, we lifted approximately 11,000 people out of a Kabul in less than 36 hours. Joining us now is Ginger Gibson, Deputy Washington Digital Editor at NBC News. Thanks for joining us, Ginger. Thanks for having me. It's been a week since the Taliban entered Kabul and took over Afghanistan. Evacuations of Americans and Afghan allies has been the key thing all week. Uh, and the situation there at the airport is still pretty tense. The Taliban is making sure to maintain a presence there. We heard that seven people died over the weekend. Uh, the Taliban firing guns into the air, trying to control the situation there. And uh, there was even a baby born on a U.S. military plane uh, that was on its way to Germany. So um, the Pentagon right now is ordering commercial airlines to help get people out of the area. That's right. So what was really sort of the start of chaos about a week ago when Kabul fell and then thousands of people uh, rushed to try to get out of the country has continued as the U.S. has continued to try to get um, thousands and thousands of people out of Kabul and the rest of the country. Um, and it's really not an easy process or a quick process. There right. are Americans, there are American allies, and then there are Afghanistan residents who don't want to continue to live um, in the country under Taliban rule. And so um, it looks like they're not able to sort of sort out which which um, there at the airport in Kabul. And so um, they're they're largely just trying to get as many people out as they can who have who have made it there. Um, and then, as you said, they've um, now enlisted the help of commercial airliners, American commercial airliners, um, who are going to be flying not to Kabul, but to um, U.S. Air Force bases in the area. You mentioned Germany, um, the woman who gave birth en route to Germany. We have Ramstein, a U.S. Air Force base in Germany, um, other Air Force bases in the region where we are taking people from Kabul. And then now we'll use um, United and Delta and American Airlines planes to, to fly them to their next destination, many of which we expect to be the United States. 
the U.S. has moved over 25,000 people out of the area so far, but the administration hasn't really said, you know, how many Americans they they think are still in there. But, um, you know, that, like I said, as I mentioned, this is just the ongoing thing for right now. And security is the other big concern, right? Taliban is maintaining a presence there. There's reports of uh, ISIS-K, you know, other Islamic State groups that are in the area and kind of emboldened by the Taliban's takeover, basically. So, uh, you know, these are the other uh, ongoing security concerns, too. That's right. And if you were um, a terrorist organization who wanted to do damage to the United States, there's this um, air air uh, port in Kabul now, which we know to be under U.S. control, uh, of which people are coming at constantly, and it makes for um, a real saw- a target. Um, and so there's that concern uh, that someone who would wish to do American harms might target the airport or our allies, knowing that they're headed there. Um, and so there is security concerns in Kabul. And, and to be clear, you know, the president has said um, the U.S. is pulling out because we don't want to engage in another round of fighting with the Taliban. This was meant to avoid a loss of any American lives. And so um, it is an understanding that it is a situation that is still quite tense and the tension remains. And that's why um, they were so quick to leave because they don't want to see more fighting. And there's that risk that there could be. Let's talk about reaction to all of this. Let's start with the American people. NBC News has a new poll. President Biden's approval has dropped below 50%. It's at 48% disapproval is at 48%. But overall, people still think it was good to get out of of Afghanistan. Nobody wanted to stay in there much longer. Um, But so how is this impacting the president? Yeah, we, we see the president's approval numbers dipping. We see people not approving of how he's handled the withdrawal. Um, this is going to be one of those situations that time will tell. Um, voters have not particularly paid close attention to Afghanistan or what was happening there the last several years. Um, this is the second president in a row uh, to continue a withdrawal of American troops. Uh, so we understand there's bipartisan support for leaving. And as you said, our poll did find people continue to support the idea that we should leave. Um, And I think it's really going to matter about whether we're talking about this a month from now or not. If a month from now we've gotten most of these evacuations done, it's gone on without much um, issue, without more loss of life, then we could see it sort of fade back into uh, the periphery of the American memory and thinking at the moment. Um, If this is something that continues to be a debacle uh, weeks, months into the future, I think that it could be a real political liability for the president. Uh, People will begin to care about things that they did not otherwise care about before. What is this looking like on the world stage right now? Uh, You know, there's been A lot of criticism coming from our allies. Obviously, there's a lot of countries that put a lot of time and effort into Afghanistan as well, just just like the United States, NATO, obviously, too. So what is the criticism looking like there? You know, it is what we would expect some of the same criticism in countries like Australia and the UK that uh, worked with the U.S. in Afghanistan also have a number of veterans who served there. Uh, The ones who are in the U.S. are telling us that, you know, they're really dismayed to watch the country that they fought for fall apart. Um, Some of this was inevitable. You know, we we knew that leaving at some point, it was likely to happen that the Taliban would take back over. They had not been um, sort of stamped out in a way that would prevent this. And so uh, whether it happened in a week or it happened in a year, uh, we were likely to see these type of responses. The other sort of interesting international response is the Chinese who have tried to argue to 
citizens in places like Taiwan and Hong Kong that um, if they sort of do something and expect the Americans to show up to help them, then here's the evidence that uh, the U.S. and America is not in the business of helping people in other countries uh, who, who call on them. Yeah, trying to, everybody's trying to cast doubt right now. So, uh, you know, to diminish, diminish the credibility and the, and the standing, really, of the country. Um, and then, uh, you know, domestically, again, you know, what does this do for President Biden's domestic agenda right now? Obviously, he's getting a lot of heat from uh, Republicans, a lot of heat from Democrats, too. Um, and, and he needs that support, you know, that razor thin support that he does have for, you know, infrastructure, all these big things that he wants to pass. Uh, how does that impact that? Yeah, we know that it's always easier for a president who's popular to go and ask lawmakers to do something that may be difficult, right? Then you have the promise of having the popular president show up in your district to help you out. Um, but in and an unpopular president doesn't really have much to offer. Uh, but we do know that these uh, infrastructure and the big spending bill that they want to pass, uh, the $3.5 trillion spending bill, are popular among Democrats. So even if the president's popularity wanes, we may see Congress still able to get those done, given the, the popular support for them um, and the fact that Democrats generally want to see them done, too. So right. uh, they don't so much need the backing of the president. Ginger Gibson, Deputy Washington Digital Editor at NBC News. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. With me, it was a lot of losing time, a lot of um, not remembering where I'd been, what happened, and lots of like, who am I, what's going on, where am I? Joining us now is Lizzie Feidelson, contributor to New York Magazine. Thanks for joining us, Lizzie. Thanks for having me. I want to talk about an interesting article you wrote about people with DID, dissociative identity disorder, and how a lot of people that suffer from this made their way onto YouTube and started a community. I mean, there's fans of these pages, people asking questions and tons and tons of videos about all of this. It's kind of an interesting community. And you focused on one person. Her name is Wynn and her system. You know, the people with DID often refer to themselves as a system for all of their alternative identities, also called alters. So, you know, it gets pretty complex, you know, as we go through all of this. But Lizzie, if you could first tell us how you came across these YouTube videos and how you came across when, and then we can kind of, you know, explore the rest of it. So I actually um, got served one of the DID YouTube videos just by the YouTube algorithm while I was reporting something else. And when I first saw the videos, I was pretty, I guess, surprised even to see DID existed, actually. I hadn't really given too much thought to the disorder before in my life, but I definitely knew that it was one of those things that people sometimes would say, oh, this is pretend or it's not real. And real quick, if I may, you know, a lot of people, it's called dissociative identity disorder, but a lot of people know it by multiple personality disorder, you know, a term that's not really used very much anymore. Uh, yeah, so the official name of the diagnosis was, was changed to DID or dissociative identity disorder, as you say, in the mid-90s, I believe. But yeah, I just sort of started, I stumbled across the videos myself and realized that that was happening to a lot of people, that a lot of these videos had a ton of views and especially actually at, right at the beginning of quarantine had kind of like exploded in popularity. And when had one of the most kind of robust and consistent, there are a lot of channels that would kind of crop up for a minute and then fall into obscurity, but Wynn had been posting a lot of videos about her life with DID pretty much since right after she was diagnosed with the disorder. 
you got introduced to this through the YouTube algorithm. For myself, mm -hmm. actually, I had a similar experience. I was just trolling around on TikTok and it came across somebody's page where they were also dealing with this. They had made a whole page dedicated to their system. And I tell you, I, I spent hours looking through that thing and just kind of fascinated by it, uh, seeing the different alternative personalities, seeing how they operate in daily life. So, yeah, and, and I kind of went down the hole with Wynn's page as well. It just kind of you fall into it and you, you know, you have a, a healthy dose of skepticism sometimes, but other times it makes total sense. So there's a lot that definitely goes into it. If you could tell me about Wynn in particular, how she found out or how she was diagnosed with this and then about some of her different identities. Yeah, I mean, I guess I will just say first to your point about being really fascinated. I think that kind of gets to the heart of these channels as a phenomenon and what makes them kind of a complicated phenomenon is that they were simultaneously providing community for a lot of people like Wynn who have DID, who truly do suffer from the symptoms that they have and who can lead really difficult lives as a result. But then also, you know, there were a ton of people who didn't have DID who just found it really interesting. And that can, you might imagine, get kind of uh, complicated when you have a sort of fandom for a mental health condition. First, I'll say that even though something like DID seems really almost fantastical or otherworldly in the way that it can come off. Most people or many people with DID don't know that they have it. Um, they might experience symptoms like amnesia or just a sort of ambient sense of confusion about who they are that goes much deeper and is much more profound than something that someone without DID would experience. But people with DID often find ways to rationalize it or just simply don't want to admit to themselves that they're losing time or kind of coming to and realize that they've like bought something or done something or said something that they have no recollection of doing or that doesn't feel like it connects to who they are as a person. So Wynne had had a lot of experiences like this throughout her life. But it actually wasn't until she was in her early 20s and was actually at basic training, she had joined the army, that she started to really experience a lot of really intense DID symptoms. And DID is related to childhood trauma. So she was having a lot of symptoms related to PTSD, a lot of panic attacks, a lot of feeling like she wasn't herself in, a, as I said, like much more profound way than, than you or I might feel. She would look in the mirror and feel like she didn't recognize her own face. And she, it took her a really, really, really long time to actually get diagnosed with DID after that. It took about six years of her seeing mental health professionals and going to different kinds of therapy to finally meet a, a therapist who suggested that she take this exam called the MID. It's one of a couple different clinical aids in the diagnosis of dissociative disorders. So she took this exam and based on Based on her answers and the kind of clinical evaluation that the that her therapist was able to make, she was diagnosed with DID. Yeah, and a lot of people that uh, deal with DID, you know, a lot of time it, it takes them so long to get that diagnosis. Sometimes they'll say, oh, you might have schizophrenia or other types of disorders, and it takes them a long time to, to really hone in on what this is. Wynn for herself has a bunch of different alters a bunch of different alternative personalities. Some are men, some are women, some are younger, some are older. I think one of them is a fairy uh, she identifies as. So, uh, you know, all those can get pretty complicated too. But you spoke to a bunch of experts in the field of DID, people who have treated people that have dissociative identity disorder. 
what did they have to say about this? Because being on such a public forum like YouTube, putting it all out there, some of them didn't really agree with that. They said that it might hurt a little bit more than help. I think that one thing that's interesting about DID is that there's a lot of research about DID, but almost or a lot of it is based on clinical experience as opposed to like data-based studies. So a lot of people's understandings of what's best for people with DID comes from years of talking to people with DID, years of treating people with DID and trying to help them as opposed to like data about the condition. So yeah, I guess like the experts I talked with had a lot of different opinions about whether being on the internet and being really public about DID and being proud of DID, um, the way people like Win are, was good for people, yeah, as you say, or whether it could actually sort of reinforce and reinscribe and kind of worsen to a certain degree the dissociative barriers that people experience as a result of having DID. So some people were categorically like this is a really, really bad idea and it's going to exacerbate mental illness, basically. I guess other people were a little bit more uncertain about what it all meant. And it seemed to be a little bit more of an open question for them as to whether people with DID going online and making videos about their disorder would ruin their lives or whether it was actually kind of helpful, as many people with DID say it is. I will say that historically, Clinicians have often discouraged people with DID from even interacting with each other in person at all, um, which is pretty unique. So that's something that... Yeah, but in this YouTube realm, I mean, that's what really brought them together. I mean, Wynn was talking to other people with DID, and they really felt a sense of community. Uh, You know, it helped them kind of get over some of the stigma. I think uh, Wynn, even for her part, put in her videos, you know, uh, that she was trying to help fight against the stigma of people with DID as well. If you could, Lizzie, tell me about some of your conversations that you had with her over all of this, because you had some ver- several Zoom sessions and whatnot, and you saw, got a chance to see some of the alters firsthand. How did that experience go? Well, I think that like DID is often really powerfully sensationalized. Like most people's associations with the disorder is like Sybil or Three Faces of Eve or Split, right. that Night Shyamalan movie. So people will often think that people with DID will switch in a really dramatic way and another personality will kind of come out and express something really powerfully different than another personality maybe. I would say that wasn't the case. And in Wynn's case, there were a few times that other alters in her system wanted to speak with me, um, which I had expressed was fine. Um, And so at the beginning of the call, they would just say, you know, oh, it's actually so-and-so who's out. And I just kind of tried to roll with it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting look. As I mentioned, reading the article and then kind of uh, pairing it with the YouTubes, uh, you know, you just go down the hole. It is very interesting, fascinating to kind of look at. Um, But uh, I suggest everybody go out and uh, read Lizzie's full piece at New York Magazine. There's so many details we couldn't get to for this piece right here, but you spoke to a lot of experts, uh, just more examples from Wynn's YouTube videos. Um, there's so much into it, but it, it was pretty fascinating. So thank you for joining us. Lizzie Feidelson, contributor to New York Magazine. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. 
leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. This episode of The Daily Dive is produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive.